think it's still good morning, church. Welcome in the church. And uh, we're going to begin with our part two. But before we go into the part two of doing good, just let me do a quick summary of uh, the key takeaways. Uh, last week, we talked and we take away three major points of uh, what it means to do good and searching the scriptures. These are the three points. Doing good is an essential ingredient, expression or output of knowing Jesus. If it does not appear, and it becomes an issue in our life also. Second one is Christians are to be eager and enthusiastic in dreaming up ways to do good for others. Because poverty and challenges of poverty are very different in each country, and the nature of it, the causes of it, and it's also very individual and specific. Because of that, we have to be, I would say, a little bit more creative, open to dream. And the third thing is, doing good is a very powerful testimony, an evangelism or a witness. The fact that God can change and God can transform lives. Anyone, however terrible it is, God can structure it, God can effect a transformation. And then we talk about how to do good. And I introduce four words into it, and I think one of the interesting words that we put, especially in this church, is the word holistic. How to think that when we help someone, when we do good, it is not just a single dimension. That in many cases, when a doctor treats a patient, it is not just health that you're looking at. It's inside is many other areas of causes that brought the person to that stage. It could be in some cases all of health. And in changing that health factor, things could change. But in many, in many cases, it's not just twitching one. It's not sending a kid to school. It's a lot of things from physical, emotional, and then spiritual. And then we look at being innovative, turning ideas into possibilities, learning to be creative, to meet with the different aspects that is confronting the person. And so, like for example, in CSC, we would have Tao uh, Hui. It's a very simple thing to do, but it's easy and it's also very healthy. And uh, folk, the old folks will come, sit around, and they will talk. And... I remember Ross was telling me one day there was a group of Malays who came to the center and they asked to use the space. And then Ross asked, what is it for? He says, can we use this to sew and cut and learn and teach sewing among them? Ross looked at that and says, what day you use? And they work at it. And today, if you ever go once in a week, you will see uh, at certain time, you know, the, the mothers will bring the machine out and then they will be cutting uh, do you think they know that this is a church ground? Obviously, they know. Yeah. And yet, because of that interaction, because of that friendship, because of turning interesting ideas, someone asks you, turning into a possibility, learning to adapt to the context and environment. The third one, being sustainable, is one of the most challenging today. How to look at it from the side of... Uh, the human resource, the process, repeatability, and then be transferring to a person to do that. And certainly it's my hope and my prayer to think that in CSE itself, we could always have someone from PPH 
to anchor that work. And then finally, the empowering, moving from the, the fact of uh, dependency to dignity and hoping to journey with the person so that the, so that the things they do is not my agenda, but their agenda. Today, we're going to look at the part two itself, and we, we have kind of summarized a little bit of the takeaways, and um, we want to zoom in on some of the challenges. I want to elaborate and talk a little bit about the causes of weariness. I, I find this has not been gone inside and dissected, and, uh, and I've spent quite a bit of time looking at my own self and some of the cases I've seen and some of the sharings that I've heard. How not to grow weary in doing good. And in many cases, how to continue. Life is, some portions of life has a 100 meter dash feeling. Limited, finish, run. But great part of life is really a marathon. A day in, a day out, you wake up, Monday you go to work, and you have Friday, you know, you, you realize, wow, weekend is coming. But because weekend is coming, Monday is also coming. You know, so that, that every day you've got to wake up and to do that. How is it going to be? So we're going to look at the Singapore context, uh, look at the local missions and see what it is. Next one, I'm going to show you some pictures. This is a picture I saw constantly over the last many years. When I was in the Philippines, I came back, I, I spent quite a bit of my time eating in a hawker centre, and many times I see uh, the elderly cleaning my table. And after one or two years, uh, a Filipino friend that I knew, and I, I saw him through college, and then he started to work, and he came to Singapore to work as one of the uh, managers in one of the hawker centres. Uh, in, the, in the shopping mall. And um, so from time to time, I would invite him to my place and we would talk. And I asked him and says, hey, what's one of your most difficult things in Singapore? And he says, you know, one of the most difficult things I have is he's, he manages a group of cleaners. And those cleaners are generally more than 50 years old. Could be his father. And they were many times every day he would want to go and help to wipe the table. Because he would tell, Uncle, Uncle, yeah, let me help you. So many plates to clear. And then once in a while, his senior manager would drop by. And the senior manager would see him cleaning the plate and picking up, good or bad? You look at it and say, you're not senior manager yet, so you don't know. Huh? Maybe you do know. And says, the logical thing to say is he should manage them. And the right thing is also very hard to say. But for this man, he got scolded. Senior manager will call him. First time, obviously, don't scold. Huh? Talk with him. Second time, he do it. And he says, I had a very hard thing. And he said something to me. As poor as we are in the Philippines, the elderly will never clean our table. We will clean their table. It's a very complex problem. Our progress or our development have caused very interesting things to appear. And one of those is this. And as we go on, 
in the years to come, we will see very unique, peculiar, deep-seated, and oftentimes, I believe, systemic results of what it is. So I show a picture that is like this. Nice shoe, and then the other pair of shoe, broken. We face with, with it significant problems. Another problem I believe we will face, and this is a conversation on dinner table with my daughter, with my son, my wife, we will sit down, and I said in the years to come, and probably in the next many years, we will continue to face this. And it expresses itself in the repeal of 377A. It's not just that issue. The LGBT issue is something that will haunt us. And it's a battle that we will fight. And it's a battle that we will hold as long as we can. But it's going to swarm us. It changes many things in our society. It changes many values. It changes how a male is defined, a female is defined. It changes how a marriage is defined. It changes how a child is to be born, nurtured. A family is to grow. It changes the sanctity of how we define a man and a woman union together and become one. It is a ground that will be fought again and again. And I think in some ways we are losing it in my heart. And this is my pain. And one of the reasons is, is the way we handle it and is our understanding of Scripture, how deep we grow in it and to be able to stand and how much we live to demonstrate is the LGBT can never look at the church and say we are terrible if we are a church that continue to do good. There is no ground. There is very little ground to condemn us. But today, it is not so. So my text today is taken from three passages. One is Galatians chapter 6, 2 Thessalonians 3 and Titus 3. And let me read Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. It says here, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 13 as for you, brothers, let me also add, sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. Titus chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 14. The saying is trustworthy and I want, to, I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. I'm going to show you a video clip. I think the, the recording of the voice is not so excellent, but subtitles will come out. Let me give you a story of what CSC encountered. is in a live call 
Ping Xuan. He's a young girl that came and uh, CSE got in touch and uh, encountered issues entering secondary school. And quite interestingly, the parents sat down with this girl and talked about it and said the only place really good to get help is to go back to CSE. She came back. She is... Tommy shared with me during the break and he says, I, I remember this girl coming into CSE. I remember uh, the, the two other brothers and uh, she's really not a great student and on a class of 80, she's about 60, uh, 78 or something like that. Huh? So two position from the, from the base. And she came and uh, he remembered how difficult the scores of math, science, everything is bad. Huh? And he hoped the interesting thing is this girl today is going to Cardiff to do optometry. So let me share with you. It's a little bit long, but I, I felt you should listen to the journey. And it's not just a day, and it's years. Hi, my name is Ping Shen. I'm 22 this year. I'm currently working full time in the optical shop while waiting for my university. Uh, I'll be studying in Cardiff with university in uh, UK this coming September. I'll be studying uh, optometry. PPHCS is not unfamiliar to our family. Before I started coming to PPHCSC, my two elder brothers were already coming here for uh, homework supervision under the supervision of Auntie Chine, Auntie Kat and Auntie Lee. I joined them when I was 8 years old. I was a rather naughty and talkative child. I don't like doing homework, like I really look forward to the playtime. I didn't have to play GSC until I was like 24. Because um, starting from primary 4, um, my school actually closed down. Uh, one of the primary school actually merged with Kumar primary school. So um, going to a new school, and uh, there's a bit of changes. So I stopped coming to PSUSD. I do not like studying, so I will drive to CCAs to fill up my times. So uh, after getting the PSUSD result, I actually uh, got into normal academic and, and go into Kumar's school. Uh, I was very playful and uh, didn't like studying still, so uh, I didn't do very well for my um, the first exam in my secondary school. I did quite badly. I remember my British class version was like very, very bad and my core version was like out of, 70, out of 80 students, I got 78. So my form teacher got very worried and that was the first time that um, my mom got caught to school. And um, that's when my parents started to think that I should get tuition. <laughs> so uh, they suggested for me to come back to, um, to PBHCSC so that uh, I can um, get some help with my math. Um, that's how I met Mr. Tan tuition. Uh, I struggled a lot with e-math and a-math. So uh, Mr. Tan actually picked the extra amount to help me with my math by uh, buying more assessment books so that we have more practices. And my like, even doing out of tuition time, then he actually will take a extra effort to um, solve the question through WhatsApp. Uh, other than Mr. Tan, I was like to thank Auntie Tulan. I was also having difficulties with my science during my secondary school, and so I approached uh, Auntie Rose and Auntie Minhua to ask uh, if there's any teachers that can help me with my science. Uh, so, uh, and Auntie Tulan was there to coach me. She taught me chemistry and math, and with your help, similarly, I also got um, A's for both um, chem and math during my work and levels. Uh, I think Poland, as a lecturer, 
uh, provided a lot of help to help me back up to my next step. She actually um, tell me my strength and weaknesses and what are the costs that is more suitable for me so that um, I won't uh, go to the wrong cost. I actually enrolled into Singapore Poly Optometry three years ago and now I'm graduated. Uh, even after the level, I stopped coming to um, CS, previous USC for tuition, but I still keep in touch with um, Mr. Tan and Auntie Tulan. Uh, if Mr. Tan and Auntie Tulan is watching this video, um, I would like to thank you all for your guidance. I really, really appreciate your help throughout my secondary school life and even after I graduated from my secondary school. You all played a very big part in my life and really helped me a lot in my studies. Many, many years, uh, every session is plowing through, looking at it, and the names, you know, Chu Chen, Mi Huan, Ross, Wing Yin, everyone putting a little bit every day, buying the extra book, WhatsApp to answer. Can you imagine trying to do AMATS in a WhatsApp? I don't know how they do it, but for sure I can't. Uh. And it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. And the vast majority of doing good happens not in a limelight to be celebrated or seen by the thousands, but oftentimes in private, unobserved places where God's kingdom go forward quietly and eventually turns the world, I believe, upside down. Doing good is not like a flash or like a fireworks, but a slow, organic and... And it doesn't just rely on remote or apps that makes us feel a sense of control, but through slow planting, sowing, watering, waiting, that forces us to come back to God and trust in Him. The call to do good is clear, but many times in my own life, I wonder how not to grow weary in doing so. Because the challenges come from within and from without. Let me walk you through some of the causes, I believe, looking at uh, how people grow weary, how myself grow weary. And I believe God knows that we can grow weary in doing good. In the last 25 years, uh, He has provided me many occasions to reflect. And there are many moments in my life I also want to quit and I want to give up. Like one ad says, have a break, have a Kit Kat. I really love the Kit Kat. I still enjoy it today, huh? Uh, I think it's one of the nicest and cheapest chocolate that can be found. The first one I encounter is, uh, you know, like many in God's ministry, we discover the journey is a very lonely one. You know, you, you, you gather, people want to talk to you, you look at the issue of poor, you look at any issue, there are, a lot of, there are enough people uh, to talk. Then as the talk goes, a significant drop of number will happen. Why? Because now you've got to roll up your sleeve. When the sleeve starts rolling up, wow, you see a huge percentage drop. Then the balance look at each other and says, well, there's only so few of us. Huh? Okay, let's sweat a little bit more. And then you, you start to plan and uh, you have an action plan. And then you see another drop. So finally, you realize maybe you're left alone. And then you're left to catch the ball. And then you wonder, hey, should I carry on? I packed my bag in 1998 and I left for the Philippines. When I first arrived, I spent time with Tagalog studies and I go to the slums, practice my Tagalog. 
then I realized something very interesting. There are so many churches in Manila, but they are never in a slum. The nice ones, the ones that have money, they have manpower, that everything else like PPH, never find them in the slum. But every day in their life, uh, when they go to work, they'll pass one. Their servant is one of them. But none will go deeper. The scene I saw was when I came back from Philippines. I sat and I looked at the grandma. I looked at the old lady. And oftentimes I would tell my wife, it could be my mother. It could be your mother. Then when I look at the migrants, come here, left their family, I wonder it could be me trying to keep, trying to earn enough to keep the family to send my kids to school. And I said, wow, how to solve this? And with the migrant I shared before, and I remembered about the same time, roughly after that, pastor preached on a sermon on the migrant ministry and highlighted the issue. It, it, it touched a certain part of me and I decided I will be brave to venture more because I know if I rein my head out, I will catch the ball. So after message, I, I remember Pastor prayed, I prayed there and I went to him and I said, Pastor, how serious you are with a migrant? And Pastor said, I'm serious. I said, okay, let's roll up our sleeve. And so we started by visiting dorm after dorm, get permission to go in and understand the issue. And today out come the Telugu work. It is a lonely journey. I have no doubt about it. It won't change and it will not change. Second one. The journey is filled with difficulties, challenges, failures, disappointments. And then when you look for people, you find one and then the next corner you take you're going to find another problem. Just like just last week when I shared, you know, you teach a person how to fish. It's not so simple. Huh? You, fish, you, you would think, uh, you give him a fishing rod and the next minute you, you will see in some cases the fishing rod is sold. You, you sit down with the person and you look at it and say, what happened? You say, my kid got sick. Lah. I got no money. I have to sell the fishing rod because that's the only asset I have. But I say, you, you just decided to kill the goose that lay the golden egg. So now no goose, no golden egg. Some don't sell. And how do you deal with a guy who sell? Can you understand? I can. But I don't like it. And then some don't. And if they persevere, then you've got to decide. Then they come to you and say, Brother saying, I know how to fish, but there is no worms. Then you look at it, and in Hokkien, you say, Wow, jialat. Huh? And then you've got to what? You've got to dis- now you have to be the worm finder. Then you got to go and read up a bit, you know, then you got to realize, ah, this is how you catch worms. Then, you know, how many of you ever catch worms? I have when I was small, uh, and it's not fun because they're always in the wet, dirty place, you know, you open up the worms there, you catch it, and then you string it, and you fish it. And then they will catch more than one fish. Now, now you have to be the fishmonger. You have to help them sell the fish. At the end of the day, you ask yourself, what am I in for? I thought I'm the guy who is helping the poor. And in doing so, I'm the trainer, I'm the worm catcher, I'm the fishmonger, and now I'm the social cause to sell fish. 
welcome to every twist and every corner. And on top of that, the people you serve turn around and cheat you, betray you, and take advantage of you. And then you look at it, ah, very painful. And so I often tell one of the prerequisites for a guy is to be cheated once, twice, many times, and still last, and how not to grow weary. One. This one, you will see people, and then as you travel, you see what able people dealing with the poor, the way they cut the corners, the way they structure the employment deals, the way they look at it. And it's certainly a slanted employment deal. And being in HR for so many years, you say, well, that's, someone says, this is the current practice. Quite nice, huh, this word, current practice. Oftentimes, I tell people, current practice doesn't mean right. Current practice means many people could be wrong. But because it's so current, it's so common. We fight for Sundays, Saturdays for us. We fight for a work-life balance. But when we deal with foreign workers, we never thought of that. And our rationale is very simple. It's a better deal than they get back home. And the fact is correct. How we look at that. And worse still, I will call this evil the deal that was struck prosper and the poor is crushed by them. So these are the challenges that cause the heart to grow weary at every corner you turn. And then you, 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 you look at it and you say, well, is it, is it possible? Can you carry on? And then you look at another one that come. Then those that you serve with later on realize, saying this is not the path I want because I, I didn't buy to be a fishmonger. I, I actually come to be helping them, but I didn't realize it becomes, it needs to be a fishmonger. So fishmonger is out of the game. They quit. And some of them turn and some of them will betray. Some opposed. And at times, you look at it and it says, what is it all about? And I still remember one of the trips I came back home. I visited this friend. This friend has uh, a beautiful home and it's like, 2,000 square meter. I went in, sat, and I remember the wife looked at me and he says, singing, have you not done enough? What she's, what she's telling me is saying, have a break, uh, have a long Kit Kat. Uh, don't, don't push, don't push the boundary again. Huh? You, you have pushed the boundary enough, you know, relax, have a Kit Kat. And I, and I look at it and I say, yeah, he has a 2,000 square meter land and maybe I should also venture a little bit, think about myself, think about putting more time, think about earning, think about my family, think about my retirement, think about so many things. Huh? Sounds familiar a little bit, huh? It does. And it says it causes you to become weary. Hence, it's not surprising our hearts will grow weary of doing good. You want to stop, you want to take a break, and you tell yourself, don't worry, la, there's enough, God will call someone else. You have done enough, 
against the average, you're in the top 10%. Have a break, you're still in the top 10%. Not bad, wa? Sounds reasonable, possible, okay. And then you say, God can understand. And actually, He does. But it doesn't mean He's happy about it. <laughs> Is there any way out of this? Is there any way that we look and we look at it in a marathon way? And is there a way where we say, hey, can I run and can I last? And I came up with four helpful steps. And I'm going to share with you what I, I, I journeyed and how I, I look at it and how I, so far I think I've run quite long enough. But it can get tiring, but it helps me. Number one. It's a very weird one. Humbly test yourself. Someone say, wow, do so much, still want to test yourself. <laughs> Let me read an interesting uh, verse here. John 7, 18, the words of Jesus. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth and there is nothing false about him. When tempted to go weary, we have to ask with open hands some of these interesting questions. There are five test questions I test myself. And some of you may think it's very odd, but I find it to be very refreshing. It, it allows me to refocus. And let me sh share with you these five. Uh, first question, is resistance a gift from God? Tell yourself, not, it's already gone through that terrible. Is it a resistance? Yes, it is. Is it a gift from God? I looked at it, you have to think about it. Are people who manifestly love you try to helpfully redirect you? Can you feel that? And the third question is, am I being opposed by those who are not defining good on God's terms? Maybe they are wrong. And in, in my doing good, Am I seeking my own glory instead of God's? Am I truly serving the needs of others or just actualizing my own selfish desires, wrap up and say, I'm a great man, man, helping to do good? This is one of the most difficult time to dissect. And let me give you an interesting verse. Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says, above all else, God your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything, good and bad and a mixture of it. So I got my heart and I looked back again and again and again. And let me tell you an incident that is very real to me. When I came back and Care Channel started, we started to grow and there are very few countries we expand to very quickly. In 2005, we started to go into Pakistan. And in 2006, we went into Timor. We went into Indonesia and China and a few other places. And then the board holds a meeting, I still remember, somewhere in 2008. And it's, it's singing, uh, uh, maybe time out. <laughs> time out, we should consider refocusing, don't grow. Let's focus. And for, for someone like me, I think the first question that came into my heart is, are we, don't, 
You mean we don't have faith, man, to trust God that He can supply? Interesting question? Yes. And so these were the questions that appeared in my heart. We talked in the board, and it was not just one meeting. This was a structural change that was going through. And I had, I had very great pain in my heart walking that journey. And as we talked, and I went back, and I asked again, the Lord redirected my focus and said, singing, it is a good thing what the board is suggesting. Listen. So we listen. So I listen. And I tell you, when I look back today, it's been one of the most interesting decisions we ever made. To grow, not by growing. To be open for other people to come into the operations and see and learn and take what we do and go back to another country and plant it. And we, from there, let them run and it's a different name. Doesn't have to have care channels. It's a very interesting thought and it searches my heart. And it must search ours when we stretch out our hand, when we stretch out to grow. In the midst of it was a young man who came across and very eager to go to Timo. And he said to me, saying, I'm ready. In about two weeks' time, I will be sent to plant a church in Timo. He said, good for you. Then I asked him, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. Imagine you go to Timo after three years and a church come. Would your elders mind if the name of the church has nothing to do with your church in Singapore? And then he paused for at least one minute, looking at it, thinking through. And then he looked at me and he says, I think they may have a problem. Then I look at him. You need to ask yourself another question. What kind of church are you planting? A very tough. He looked at me and says, Don't answer me. Go and let this question simmer in your heart because it has to do with the intentions of your heart. What it is. Given time and situation, I have noticed the intentions of our heart will surface. It allows us to look and it allows us a glimpse of it. You look at that, this is an issue that Jesus deal with the 12 disciples. Remember? Peter and always say, I want to be number one. Jesus corrected again. You think their intentions are good? Their intentions are all not correct. They, they think Jesus is going to come in a mighty way. But Jesus understands our heart, recorrects it, and allows us a journey. Second one, I found it useful, is turning to God. And there are three verses that speaks to me very much. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He does not grow weary. Psalms 121, He neither sleeps nor slumber. So I think God never sleeps. Ah, it means He's always awake and yet He's resting. Interesting. And Acts 10, 38, He says, 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then finally, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 13, consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. I believe the Lord Jesus had to come and suffer. Why? For a simple reason. For those of us who follow Him and serve, we will suffer. And then when we suffer, we look, and here is our Messiah. Here is our Lord. Here is our friend who has walked down the road and who has continued and not grow weary. To me, His greatest challenge was in the Garden of Gethsemane where He prayed, Lord, please take away this cup from me. Not my will, but yours. And if you look at the three prayers, how it changes the words. And finally, he says, Thy will be done. And there was his agreement before he came. He says, Lord, your will be done. And you know it was tough. It was difficult. And the Lord went through it. So the word very interesting for me is consider Jesus. Every time I, I look back and I come to Him again. And I believe Caleb doesn't know what I was sharing and today chose some very interesting songs that when I was sitting down, I was worshipping, it just really ministered to my heart to say that the God fathered me before my birth and God will father me even after I die. The third one, confidently, not just lean, huh? confidently lean on His promises. And there are two verses that are very precious to me. One of them is in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. Let me tell you why this verse was very interesting. I, I became a Christian when I was 14, not allowed to go to church back in Malaysia. I could only attend Christian fellowship. I served there. And especially JC1 and JC2, I decided that uh, I was called upon to take leadership. And I decided to give time during, that, during those years. And because of that, I, I kind of have less time to study. And sometimes when I look back, I feel I don't know whether I've invested enough, too much time. I wish I have uh, maybe less time. So I remembered coming to Singapore. I, I decided to take a Kit Kat break. And, and, and I prayed. I said, God, give me a year break. I came here. I was very silent. Nobody knows me. I was very quiet. I stayed in Shears Hall. I just attended church. I just attended Christian meeting. Never tell anybody my background. I sat there. I thought, wow. Quite nice huh? for a change. Some of you may feel the same way. Huh? And at the end of that one year, this verse came to me. And there are many struggles I have. One of the struggles I have is, will I ever see anything I put in, in those years? Does it mean something? Will something come out of it? It's not until I, years later, and I was in Philippines. I came back one of the years 
I don't know which year it was, I came back with my family and I spent two weeks. I, I brought my kids to let my, my parents see and then as usual, other churches will hear about it and then your Sundays is gone. They will write to you and say, Dear Saint, since you're coming back, you might as well preach. And there was this particular pastor friend of mine, church is quite big and you have to preach three services. You know how tiring it is, no? you, the first service is at 8 o'clock in the morning which means the pastor must wake up like 6.30, get ready, wow, pack, you know, and then you have two kids luck along, and your kids, you try to, please behave, huh? you know, and then you, you go and uh, you, you preach, and, and I still remember after the second service, people will come and prayed for, and you are ministering, and there was this couple I could see sitting down there, waiting for their turn, and when everybody is gone, they came, and the first thing, he, this guy looked at me, and he says, Saying, do you remember me? That's the kind of question very, very, very difficult to a pastor. I say, how to answer that question? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know where your face. I cannot recall from memory. I says, uh, don't know. Like, I really don't know. Say, you remember there was this 15-year-old boy during the VI days. You were there. You were having Bible study with me. You were sitting down. And the most interesting thing, he could quote the passage I talked to him about. And I, from time to time, I remembered you and I told my wife about you. And it was so nice to see you now in my church. That was like nearly 20 years later. And when he said that, you know what remembered? There was this verse and there was all my questions. Because one of the things I told God was, God, it would be nice to let me catch a glimpse of what it was in my days when I was young. I thought I traded my time. When this boy came, no longer this boy, when this man came, it was very special to me. It was as if God was speaking to me at that time. I said, you remember the conversations you had with me? I didn't answer you. I know it's a little bit late, but I thought the lateness is a lot more impactful. And I remembered what it means. Step three is very important. And I think the importance lies in here. We humble ourselves, step one. We turn to God, step two. And step three is we open His Word and trust what He say, not what we see. What He say in His Word. And Mark 4, verse 26 to 29 very interesting to me. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is as if a man sh should scatter seeds on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grow. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, at once he put in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So, brothers and sisters, confidently lean on His Word. Lean on His promises. And let me quickly turn to the last step four. This one is also a very difficult one for me. Patiently trust His timing. And the verse that really speaks to me is, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We will reap if we do not give up. What does it mean? If we give up, 
Can we read? Answer is, no. You will not get to see what you have sown. Someone else will. And this is an interesting thing. How often our weariness stems from our sense of due season instead of God's due season. And for someone who is driven and someone who looks and marks with goals, this is one of my biggest challenges, timing. And I know timing is everything. And the interesting thing is God's timing is impeccable. How to trust and how to continue. Trusting, waiting, and sometimes it is a long way, but it is okay. Let me close by looking at four opportunities in the midst of the issue of LGBT that we will fight with, we will contend with, we will work at. There are four areas today. I believe one of the first areas is the migrant workers. This will continue to stare at us because Singapore will continue to open its doors. It's a million who will come through. And this is what I call a reverse mission. You share with them, they go back to share instead of just you going there. And I think the next area is the children. And this is where I'm very happy to see that Bernice have come in, took on the children's work. Today, we'll link together with Joanne, the youth work, together with Link and under Pastor Chiming to handle the young adults and the families. First time in church for many years, we have all these three linked together. And I think something exciting can come out from this. And how to be creative, to reach out. And I believe one of the things here in second service is the key to unlock this today. Because the children and the elementary school, this is the category. Now, if you look at Christianity in the past in Singapore, quick one, in the last 30, 40 years, it's because 30, 40 years ago, a lot of the work is done among where? Students. If you look at the leaders today, they were all from the Youth for Christ, they were all from the SU, that wave has gone. We need another wave of this. If not, Christianity will not stand beyond a hundred years in our shores. If not, the LGBT issue will sweep again. And we must hold back. And then finally, this is another that will dawn us much faster. I've been to Japan uh, quite a few times and looking at the old, seeing the old, no different, but I can see what the white tsunami, as it were, will come. It will come and it, will, it are still catching us. How this is an opportunity open to us. I see this as many open doors and let me close with a passage where I talked about as the best blessing that can happen let me close with Isaiah 58. And as I read it, let me ask the music team to come and we will close with a song and then the benediction. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Let me read. Is not this the fast I've chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry 
and bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. Let me pause here. If your gloom is the noonday, what do you think your noonday will look like? And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose water do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This is why I say, if the Lord bless you like this, there is nothing else you need on this until He comes. I'm I chose a closing song and I'm going to ask Caleb to lead it. And it, it says, All I once held dear, built my life upon. All this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss. Spent and worthless now compared to this, knowing you, Jesus, there is no greater thing. Let us rise.
before we go, I believe the Lord wants us to respond. God's heart has always, always been doing good for people who are in need. We cannot leave this place without responding to God. Let us just go before the Lord in prayer. Ask the Lord, Lord, is there a person or individuals or groups of people that you are showing me that I need to show additional concern for good? It could be in your neighbourhood. It could be in your workplace. It could be just places that you pass by regularly. Individuals or groups of people God have in the past have placed in your, in your mind that you choose to ignore or forgotten. Or maybe you are tired and weary of doing good already. Ask the Lord for the renewal. Those individuals, those group of people, ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do this week to put into practice of doing good to these people? It will involve your time, your effort, your prayer, your money, but it's worth it. God have placed an individual or group of people in your heart today, this week, to do something. I'd like you to just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Yes, anymore. God have placed an individual or group of people in your hand, your mind, that you want to do something about it. Put your hand and I can pray for you. Anymore, yes. Before I pray, would you commit those individuals, those group of people God has placed in your heart in prayer and ask God to help you to do good to these people? Let us pray. Lord, I want to pray for the brothers and sisters who raised their hand people that God, they have placed a path in their lives, that God, they want to do something to do good. And I pray that God, you will strengthen them, give them your creativity, give them your heart, give them the ideas, give them just the heart, just to do, start something. And for the rest of us also, that God, that we will not leave this place without putting to actions because you have done so much good in our lives. We need to be that channel of blessings to people. Help us not to be blind, the people that God has placed in our path. Help us not to have callous heart, to be oblivious. But give us, Father, your heart so that, God, we will do something to represent you, to be a channel of your love, to love these people. People in need, open our minds, open our hearts, open our ears, open our mouth, open our hands for these people. And those of are tired, I pray that today may you strengthen them. 
may you encourage them, may you lift them up and to say that, yes, it is worth it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now, Lord, now, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable. May you always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.